Welcome to the Retro Photo Film Podcast, where we break down 50 years of film and digital photography with a true Renaissance man. Grab your favorite darkroom snack. It's time to talk photography with your host, Al Talin. Hi, welcome to Retro Photo Film Podcast. My name is Al. Today, we're going to talk trains. Everybody loves trains. And as kids, as boys, we loved trains. We thought they were the most magnificent things to watch them go round and round on the circular pattern uh, railway that we had. It was, it was marvelous. And to see these people who are so deep into the trains that they have built cities and mountains and stations and all of this, and you watch and you see these trains go through all of this, it's totally amazing. Well, I decided in 1998 that I wanted to photograph some trains. So I went and researched to find out where the nearest place was that had really awesome, cool trains. Well, that happened to be Ely, Nevada. So I sent off a, a letter to, as back then, letters. You sent off a letter to the museum in Ely, Nevada and said, uh, I'd like to come and photograph the trains there in the depot, can we arrange that? And the director said, yes. Sent me back a letter and then left me a number and I called her and we set it all up. And so my friend Richard and I went out and spent uh, four days there. I got a little tiny motel room and went in and she just gave us carte blanche. She said, okay, whatever you want to do, go ahead and photograph and do. We'll have the engineers and the rest of the train people at your disposal if you need them for anything. Uh, so just let us know. Uh, just don't be ridiculous. And, and we weren't. We didn't go do crazy stuff. But we said, okay, so let's do this. We got there and it was like overwhelming. It was like, and this is 1998. It was like stepping back in time. Everything was still in place. Everything was there. The locomotives, everything was just marvelous. I mean, it was incredible what we saw. Little did we know that now the, and here we are in 2020, I hate to even say the name 2020, but in 2020, it is the most preserved and prestigious train facility in the country. Everything there is still the same as it was. And of course, when we were there, we were very respectful. We did not disturb anything or change anything and move anything because we had no idea what they wanted to keep and preserve. And being a preservationist myself, I was like, yes, we leave it as we find it. That's how we leave it. We did bring with us lots of lights, lots of gear. This whole time was totally film. Okay, now we didn't have any digital back then. So I had a, a two and a quarter and a 35. And I didn't bring my four by five. I just thought, well, okay, two and a quarter is great. So we decided that we wanted to photograph inside the building where the trains were housed at night. And also it's where they worked on the trains because when you pull the train in underneath it, it was a huge big pit. So they could go in underneath and work on all the parts underneath the train, do anything. And there were quite a few train cars in the exact same building. It was a huge building. As you look at the photograph, you'll see just to the right side of the train, there is a first class passenger car from 1882 that has been fully restored and is beautiful i've also on instagram i've on day two or three of the posting of the trains i showed the interior of the passenger car leather seats beautiful wonderful thing 
We had made arrangements with the engineer to come there about 6.30, I believe, in the morning, real, really, real early, partly because the engineer had a full day of work to do, but the other reason, too, was that we didn't want anybody else around while we were photographing. So we set that up at that early time. We went in. We were there by 6 o'clock, had our lights set up that we had brought in, and they were just tungsten lighting, which means tungsten means that it was just bare bulbs, no flash, just bulbs. We had those set up so that we could see the side of the locomotive and we could see inside the buildings. We set up three or four of these just highlighting it. And then when the engineer got there, we, he cranked it all up and started working, getting the train ready. But the thing we loved to do was have him blow the whistle, <laughs> push out the steam. And it was, it's great. It was such a kid's thing. We loved it, just watching that happen all the time. So as we set that up, I set up my Hasselblad and my partner, Richard, was standing next to me. So we did not move around because we had the lights only in one place. We set up tripods because we wanted this perfect and were shooting. We shot 35, two and a quarter. Then we stopped for the day. Not really stopped for the whole day. That was just stopped for that morning so that the engineer could move on. If you look at the picture, the part that I love about this picture is that we've got all the steam going off. And at the top of the engine, you will see the chimney where the smoke comes out from the coal. And right in front of that is a little tiny spigot that you see a white blast coming out. That's the whistle coming out. The dark part is the dark smoke from the coal. Then the steam is coming out from all the other parts around the train. Well, the most amazing part about this particular photograph is that if you look at the passenger car, the 1882 passenger car, you will see a shadow of a man's face on the car. No shadow anywhere else in the steam, anywhere else, just the top of a torso of a man's face. We never saw this while we were shooting because, again, there was the engineer inside the train, Richard standing next to me, and myself. That's the only people there that morning taking pictures in the building. I did not see the face on the car until I had come home, processed it, and was printing. And I had several frames of the locomotive and one, you know, just one right after that we bracketed and we shot so that we would have exactly what we were looking at and what we needed for that day. Well, when I looked at the first shot of this, there wasn't a, a face on the car. When I looked at the next shot, there is this face. When I looked at the third shot, there was no face. This started to be very perplexing to me because of the fact that why would one shot have the face, the other shots not have the face? Okay, so it started to get a little spooky. I asked Richard, I called him up and said, hey, did you get any faces, any shadows on the passenger car? And he goes, no, I don't have anything like that. When I showed him mine, he was perplexed too. Now, here's what really happens, is that when you are going to cast a shadow on something, you have to have a bright light on that on your, say you're the subject, you'd have to have the bright light on you, and then that light casts a shadow onto whatever is there. If it's a wall right off the bat, you see that cast shadow right there immediately. Any photographer knows this. You want to have a person with a shadow, 
put the person between the light and the wall, and you will receive a shadow. If there's no wall, the shadow drops down to the ground. So we're perplexed over this of how we received a shadow when no one was between the light and the passenger car. No one was there except myself, Richard, and the engineer making all the magic from the train. So we're looking at this going, what we have is one of those great, wonderful, true ghost stories where we have someone there casting a shadow on an 1882 first-class passenger car in a train building in Ely, Nevada. How cool is that? Let me tell you a little bit about locomotive number 93. It was uh, built in 1909, and it was one of the last four what they called monster trains to shuffle ore back and forth from mines. It was made in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Eventually, after all of its hard work and wherever it was at, it ended up here in Ely, Nevada, and has been restored and is one of their prize locomotives that they use. I mentioned that we were given carte blanche to the whole facility. It is a, a huge complex, a lot of buildings. Everything is still there. I mean, there were tools still sitting around on benches and dates of uh, when things were supposed to be done and workstations. Everything was just exactly how they left it. It was kind of like they stopped work one day and said, okay, work's over, it's done. They all walked away and nobody ever came back. That's what it was like to us in 1998. Now, as you take a tour through the complex now or do one of their photo shoots that they have, they say the exact same thing. Everything is exact in the same place it was. It's like stepping back in time. And it definitely is like stepping back in time. In February of each year, they have what's called their winter photo shoot where they bring in photographers. They just advertise and photographers come from all over the place, lots of them. And they come and do a winter shoot with the trains. If there's snow, there's snow. If there's not, we're in the desert, so sometimes we get it, sometimes it's not. They have this big winter shoot and they're there for a weekend and they get to have carte blanche, go photograph everything, probably get to ride on the trains and everything else. But they now charge close to $700 for that opportunity to do the photo shoots. Wow, Richard and I got to do that <laughs> completely for free. Not only did we get to do that, but the fun part of it was I got to fulfill all my childhood dreams, which is really, really cool. I got to ride on the train. I got to ride in the engine. Now, we took it out. I didn't say we took it out. They took it out into the uh, countryside and they, on the railway tracks that they have. Richard was photographing and I was riding. I got to ride in the engine. I got to shovel coal into the fire. I got to pull the whistle. I got to pull the lever to make the steam. And I got to kind of hang on to the handle and hang out <laughs> of the open door as we traveled along the railroad tracks. I mean, every little kid like going, I want to ride a train. I want to pull all of the levers. I want to make the whistle blow. And uh, I got to do that. Um, of course, <laughs> I was not a little kid, but I certainly was acting like one. And the engineer, conductor, they knew exactly what it was like. And so they were very kind and courteous to us because they know people in their dreams would like to do that. So they were very accommodating and very, very nice people. The whole experience was really, really cool. I can't say anything bad about Ely, Nevada, or even about the people who were there helping us. Uh, 
when you have those kind of conditions, your photography becomes much better and becomes easier and nicer because you're having a pleasant time. When you've got people who are you're butting heads with and you're having troubles and they're like stopping you here and stopping you there and saying, no, you can't do this, you can't do that, or you have to do this at a certain time of day. And as a photographer, I've run into many situations like that. But when the situations are wonderfully nice, photography becomes at its best and you get these awesome pictures. And that's exactly what I have from this whole experience of the Ely trains is just beautiful photographs, one after another, after another, after another. It was such a wonderful step back in time. And of course, we were there before they started to publicize this as an adventure. Now there are 90-minute train rides and all these visits that you can take and go do with the Northern Nevada Railroad and the museum, and you can become a member with them and everything. It's really kind of fun. It's a very joyful and trained people. Yeah, this, I'm sure they've all got this as part of their destination to come to. But as a photographic experience, it is the best. And how and why we have a visitor who showed up at our photo shoot and left his shadow on the passenger car, we'll never know. But it really is a beautiful photograph and a fun shot. Thanks for listening. Look forward to telling you more about other wonderful escapades that I've had with my photos. You have been listening to the Retro Photo Film Podcast. Follow Al on Instagram at Retro Photo Film to see all his latest photos and learn more about the stories behind the photos.